global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm John Tucker in the Bloomberg Newsroom with this Bloomberg Business Flash. We have stocks falling, although off the worst levels of the session. U.S. Treasuries, they are rallying in price. This is the most in 10 months. Blame geopolitical tensions uh, with North Korea and also uh, a hurricane out in the Atlantic. This is a monster right now. Category 5 Irma uh, might hit the Florida region this weekend. The uh, Federal Reserve Speaker's economic data will help illuminate the path of global economy this week. We're looking for that. to packed with all sorts of stuff. Ten-year uh, treasuries right now climbing in price. The yield down to 2.07%. That affects uh, net interest margins, uh, lower interest rates. So we're seeing financial shares among the worst performers right now. As we check at crude oil, uh, more crude flowing to refineries. So it is up in price. Up dollar twenty three. This is West Texas at forty eight fifty three. Up about two point six percent right now. And we check the markets for you every fifteen minutes during the trading day. Right here on Bloomberg Radio. I'm John Tucker. Now back to Bloomberg Markets and Lisa Bramowitz. Thank you so much, John Tucker. I am Lisa Bramowitz, and I'm in for Carol and Corey. They will be back. I promise. This is Bloomberg. Imagine how the world could be so very fine. Imagine how everything comes together. You've got your technology that's behind the plane. You've got your seats. You put it together and you get the biggest deal uh, that United Technologies has done in a long time. United Technologies bought Rockwell Collins uh, for $23 billion. That was at least the agreement. Uh, here to explain why this combination is happening and why it has prompted United Technologies shares to plunge the most since July 2015 is Joel Levington, Bloomberg Senior Credit Analyst and Ed Hammond, who broke this story about a month ago that this uh, combination was going to happen. And he's our Bloomberg News deals reporter. So, Ed, let's start with you. What was the rationale behind this combination? And uh, was this considered a pretty hefty price that United Technologies agreed to pay? I'm not sure it was a hefty price per se. If you actually look at the premium, it's about 18 percent above the undisturbed, which is when we when we first reported on this. Um, but I, but I do think there's there's an element of risk that United Technologies is taking on here because Rockwell itself has very recently consummated a deal to buy another aerospace company called BE Aerospace. They did that deal last year that's just closed. So it's interesting that United Technologies came in after that deal closed when you know you could make the case that they would have been able to get this much cheaper if they had done it subsequent to uh, to Rockwell going out and doing that deal of its own. I think the reason why we're seeing this is look you have a very very consolidated customer base. Airbus and Boeing being by far the two largest players there. A fairly fragmented supply chain, so it makes sense from United Technology point of view to, you know, look, we already supply half the stuff in the plane, let's bring in Rockwell Collins, and then we can do, as you say, this sort of tip-to-tail thing of really supplying everything that you would need in the plane. Tip-to-tail, that was the uh, expression that I was taught today about five minutes ago. Joel, I want to bring you in here. Let's talk about the debt. Uh, United Technologies has uh, $24 billion of debt, something like that. It is an A-rated company. What does this do to its credit? Sure. Well, let me take a step back uh, to add into what Ed was saying. He's completely right. But what this really is about is a battle over the profit pool in aerospace. By and large, aerospace companies make money in aftermarkets. Rockwell Collins, uh, United Technologies Pro Forma, on their $23 billion of sales is 40% aftermarket sales. If you look at Boeing, Boeing has 10% of its revenues in the aftermarket, but 20% of its profit pool. And Boeing has very 
clearly articulated that they want to go after more aftermarket services. And that's why Boeing is talking it up today about being aggressive in, okay. in well, a deal. Back up. Aftermarket. What does that mean? And just then take a step back and explain Boeing's uh, pretty harsh words for this. Sure. Well, I think of the uh, aerospace business as a razor, razor blade model, right? Uh, so in the case of United Technologies, they'll sell an engine, but they won't make any money on the engine. It's all of the maintenance and the repairs and the componentry that come in after they sell that. So it's very razor, razor blade like that. That's the profit pool that everybody is going after. United Technologies' action today is a step in that direction to say, hey, we want to own that base more than we want to see Boeing chip away at it. And that's what that transaction is for. So this is fascinating. In other words, what they're saying is we want to be able to be full service, be able to go in, rewire whatever we have to rewire or fix the seats. Um, and Boeing had been trying to trot into that and say, we'll do that all for you. And so because there was that sort of carnage in their business model, they felt like they had to make this acquisition in some ways. That's right. And Boeing has specifically called out uh, electrical instrumentation areas that Rockwell Collins plays in. All right. So, Ed, uh, Boeing, to, to get a little bit more of a sense of what exactly we're talking about, said that it would take a, quote, hard look at the United Technologies deal to buy Rockwood Collins um, and that this could potentially upset the $23 billion acquisition. Could it? Could they torpedo this? Look, I think they can take as hard a look as they like. Their ability to block the deal is is, is fairly constrained. They uh, Look, they're a very big customer. I think after Airbus, they'll probably be combined second biggest customer. Well, obviously, you have the U.S. government, but in terms of commercial customers, it's those two. They can make a case that they think this would, you know, be bad for the competitive landscape, that it would give too much control to the supply chain. Very difficult to see them actually making that stick. There's not a ton of overlap in what these two companies do. As I said earlier, they are already supplying to a very consolidated uh, customer base. So it's it's difficult for Boeing or for Airbus to come out and say, look, there's, there's a really sensible antitrust reasons that this deal shouldn't happen. And I think antitrust is going to be the only reason this would get blocked. I don't think Department of Defense will block it because of any concerns there. So it's a difficult case for them to make. That said, you know, they are a big customer and they can put pressure on these two companies to uh, to not combine. Or indeed, if they do combine, they can then try and squeeze them in other areas. Right, because they're such a big client. So they could say, we're not going to buy as much from you. We're going to try to compete with you. Um, I'd love to get I'd love to get a sense of it. I'm looking at their bonds right now because that's what I do. I'm a geek that way. Um, and I would love to get your sense, Joel, of, you know, why are they popping, first of all? It seems like people really love this. And second of all, are they planning to finance this with... Uh, with debt, or is it going to be paid in cash? How are they going to go for it? Sure. They're going to put out about $14 billion worth of new debt to help pay for the transaction. The transaction itself is about two-thirds debt, one-third uh, equity. So it's a, it's a, a leveraging event. Uh, the analysis that we have is that pro forma leverage goes up to four times. Uh, that passes the three-and-a-half times line in the sand, if you look at what the rating agencies have said historically. So not surprisingly, both Moody's and S&P have come out with credit watch negatives today, which will likely take them out of the single-A category and into the triple-B bucket. Which is even more confusing why the bond prices are rising. Am I looking at the right things? I am. They're rising. Anyway. Well, there's, there, there's, there's been very limited amount of trading that's gone on today, but I think maybe some feel better that the, that the deal isn't all stock, isn't all debt financed. 
Joel Levington, thank you so much for joining us. Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Credit Analyst, as well as Ed Hammond, Bloomberg News Deal Reporter, who broke the story a month ago saying that these two are going to combine. We will keep you posted whether Boeing can take a hard look and whether that will matter at all. I'm Lisa Abramowitz in for Carol and Corey. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets.